built with noble intentions, but marred by the tales of overcrowding and outdated medical practices. This massive, gothic behemoth serves as both an architectural marvel and the haunting reminder of America's complex history with mental health care. Originally intended as a sanctuary, offering the cutting-edge treatment of its day, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum became a symbol of the inadequates and ethical challenges tied to mental health treatment in the 19th and 20th century. We're pulling back the curtains to expose the lives of those who walked its walls, doctors, patients, and perhaps even a ghost or two. So embrace yourself as we step through the iron gates and traverse the eerie corridors of the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Here With Us, and today we have a very special episode as I am joined by my sister-in-law, Erin Cowan. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to have you. And today on this episode, we will be discussing the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. As always, we will start with the history, the hauntings, and then we're just going to tear this thing apart. Just as an FYI to you guys, I won't be looking at the camera a whole lot because I'm obviously sitting across from her, so uh, if you have a problem with me not making eye contact and this isn't your episode and I apologize. And if you're listening, then you really don't have to worry about it. Before we go into the asylum itself, we first have to mention Dorothea Dixon, who in the early 19th century was an advocate for mental institutions after visiting a prison and seeing how many mentally ill people were just prisoners amongst common criminals. You want to start with history? Yeah, so it looks like Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, um, also known as Western State Asylum, was built in a Kerprick style. So Thomas Kerprick, he believed that psychiatric hospitals should be secluded from cities and built on uh, on a linear floor plan. So it's kind of like built like there's the main and then there's just wings that are just built off of it. And so they just thought that open air would just help with bringing them like just sanity and just have, it's basically how like the tuberculosis, they were very big on just having them just open air, open air style, keeping it together. They were very, it wasn't meant to be as large as it was. They were only supposed to house 250 patients. But over time, you know, by the 1880s, they ended up having 717 patients. By the 1938, they had 1,661 patients. And then in 1948-9, they had 1,800 patients. Lastly, the last known uh, number that they had that, I, that we had found was uh, by the 1950s, they had 2,600 patients. That is more than twice the size that they should have housed. Yeah, and so it has a crazy history. So it was actually commissioned to be built in 1858, which was right before the Civil War. Before the Civil War broke out, uh, they had only finished the main basement and one of the wings. However, the 7th Ohio Infantry Regiment actually went and captured the grounds because of um, some money that was given to the city to build it. Um, however, uh, West Virginia succeeded from the South and became part of the Union, so they went. They sent the uh, infantry unit there to get the gold, which was like the sum of like $26,000 in today's money, uh, to make sure that the rebels didn't get their hands on it. And then it was continued to be built um, until 1881. So during the Civil War, it was actually used as barracks and uh, there was a horse barn that was built there. Stables were built there for the horses, and they actually kept it for a long time, and there was many battles actually fought there on the grounds of the hospital. 
the actual main asylum was finished in 1881. I know you did some research on the style of it. Yeah. Um, so the Kerberic style, like I said, it's just like mainly like the they just had wings. Yeah. And so they made sure that it was secluded just away from main cities that because obviously they didn't want to advertise that they were they were a lunatic asylum. They were housing the mentally ill. They wanted to keep it away. That way people back then they could just live their lives because they just would send people whether you were you know, women going through hysteria back then, which now we know is not a real thing. Um, I don't know about that, but... Hey, come on now. <laughs> women go through hysteria. They had, um, you know, women going through their periods. They didn't think that that was a thing. They were like, oh, gosh, let's just send... Loss of appetite. Yeah, exactly. Mourning for their child that died in the war. Exactly. A lot of it was women, and they really didn't realize that mental illness was was a highly intact thing it was just kind of like oh everybody's just insane let's just send them somewhere else yeah i saw i read that um basically any woman could be any adult woman could be placed there by a male for any reason uh, if the male died before um she was released she would have to stay there temporary uh, or permanently uh so it was a very un cruel and unusual place uh, but what I think is kind of funny about the Kirk, uh, Kirkbride uh, style is it's a Gothic and Tudor revival yeah. architecture, which harkens back to Mansfield Reformatory because Levi Schofield also believed that the building would inspire. And Kirkbride is um, quoted in saying that the building should inspire change. Yeah. So they like literally believe that this big, huge, honking um, limestone building would would inspire people to not be insane anymore. And it is also the largest hand-cut stone building in North America. Yeah, he was the leading doctor in asylum medicine. And, you know, he was actually the lead on design of the asylums, which was absolutely insane. To also, like, to be a doctor and also be an architect of some sort. What was, uh, I know you found something pretty interesting on um, some techniques that he picked up that were first used at the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Oh, like the uh, lobotomy? Yeah. Yeah, that was actually the first uh, first known, like, experimental lobotomy. So they just had, like, a big, what they call uh, auditoriums or, um, I don't know what they called. Is that? Um, they would have auditoriums or just like the big, cages. Like the big tile yeah. ones that had, like, all the doctors sitting around yeah. the top looking down. Like, and... a, like a gallery of some sort. And they would just perform these just as experiments. You know, a lot of a lot of patients that went through them, it scrambled their brains. It made them base like pretty much vegetables of some sort. They would be very some people would retract to lower mental stages of age. So like, you know, me, let's just say I went in there, I was twenty eight, I could have gone reverted back to mainly two years old. It had been insane. It some some were performed well, some were performed horribly. And for those of you that don't know, the lobotomy that she's referring to specifically that they started using there is called the ice pick lobotomy. They literally would take an ice pick and place it in the corner of your eye and try to by sheer pressure press into your frontal cortex. Uh, so it was a very very very. Um, most of the time, the patients were awake. Yeah. They're they're at that point they didn't really didn't understand anesthetics. Yeah, this is and it was just it was just inhumane like treatment. You also had somebody famous uh, that was a patient there. So we all know John F. Kennedy. He uh, was our president at one point in time. Sadly, tragically died. 
his sister, uh, Rosemary Kennedy, she was sent there by her father just because she was not, things weren't going well for her. So he was like, you know what? She's going to go get a lobotomy. That's it. So they did the lobotomy. It actually failed. And uh, she was there from the time she went in and she, until her passing, she was there for over 20 or 40 years, 20, 20 or 40 years, I believe. And nobody came to visit her in that time. Some dark secrets yeah, of the Kennedys the, right there. Yeah, none of the family members. It wasn't released until 1980s that she had a failed lobotomy. Oh, my God. And she reverted back to two years old in mental age, as for what they say, anyway. But also the grounds themselves, they were meant to be self-sufficient, apparently. They had uh, water plants. They had water filtration, waste systems. They had a dairy barn, uh, canneries, gardens, livestock. You know, they would raise cows and pigs and stuff for for the grounds so if we've learned anything this season of here with us in the 19th and 20th century if you wanted to treat people super inhumanely all you needed to do was take them out somewhere where you had access to water and cows because uh, it's kind of the same story of uh the mansfield reformatory uh, and i you talked about earlier about how the patient numbers grew so rapidly i saw that the cows were malnourished from producing so much milk uh for the inmate or for the people they had they in the hospital you know they just couldn't keep up with the the amount of people that they had same with staffing i mean the the nursing staffing and the doctor staffing was just rapidly declining because they were just trying to you had some nurses that were great and they wanted to really care for their patients and you had some that were just there to get a paycheck you know it was just really hard to keep that keep that flow going you know especially in such a hard you know mentally challenging place it was just very difficult to keep that staffing up, especially when, you know, people are just consistently dropping off children and, you know, adults just trying to make their way through, depending on their mental status and or there's a huge list of stuff that they could have had that just randomly just sent them there. To name a few, like they had um, incompetence, uh, kicked in the head by a horse. Uh, asthma was one, insane. Um, no, dang. Yeah, uh, any domestic affliction, domestic trouble, the war, I mean, the Civil War, like you spoke on, I mean, that PTSD wasn't even established in, but that was a big thing. That's a mental uh, illness. I mean, that's something that people go through today. Um, grief, so, you know, passing and they haven't gotten over it in a certain amount of time. They would just say, oh, they're, they need to go. Um, a lot of them, a lot of it was female geared. You know, based upon, like, before they really knew, like, the woman's anatomy, they really just, like, oh, push them on. They're just they're Yeah, just the crazy. first nine patients were all female yeah. as well. So, you know, being the guest, I'm going to let you have the honors of discussing the haunting. Oh, absolutely. So I would like to start with um, the fact that the grounds themselves were built on 666 acres. I saw that too. I thought it was made up at I, first. And I, I like double and triple yeah. checked it. It's pretty, that's so weird. I had to go through so many different research items to make sure that that was absolutely correct. Because that's, that's just creepy as all hell. Just the similarities, especially like knowing like this the dark dang history that could have happened and did happen there. Yeah. It's just insane, the similarities. And like also like the grounds that they were built on, it could have been anything. Wasn't the only major like upgrade to the actual like cemetery itself? Yeah, actually the only the only expansion that was ever built was just the graveyard. They never expanded the, the hospital the, or the asylum itself. 
they never expanded any rooms. You know, patients were stuck, you know, four to five to a room of basically a six by six. There was no room for anything. They were lying down the hallways. Yeah, and this went on all the way till 1994, so less than 30 years ago. You were already born, and I was yet to be born. I was a year before me. It was still active as you were a toddler. It's it's crazy. To me, that's just insane. I would like to start off talking about um, a little light. Let's be light with it. Nurse Elizabeth, She uh, she's not much known about her, but she apparently she's very present in the hospital itself. She's just known to kind of creep around room to room, wing to wing. Uh, she, she was apparently one of the very helpful nurses that really wanted to make sure her patients were getting cared for. Right. So they just see her, she's which drifting by here and there, just running through. Is there any area she's known to like haunt more? Or? They just said mainly the the first and second wing. Just Does kind she of do any kind of like uh, specific things? No, they just said that she just kind of just floats from room to room and she's just... A present, like you, she's not really heard. She's just a presence. Okay. So there's there's videos and that I found and uh, photos that I found of her on there. But you were speaking on the Civil War. There's also Ruth and also the Civil War soldiers. Ruth, now she's a little, she's a little crazy. Okay. She was in the Civil War wing as well. She was during the Civil War era. So um, again, not much is really known about her because a lot of a lot of documentation wasn't taken back then, especially during the war. But she is a known man-hater. Really? And uh, she is known to just throw objects or, you know, push men. Um, she's just not, she just doesn't like people. Like, if you're a woman, I'm not really sure if she does anything. Um, they really haven't documented any, nobody's really documented on that. Um, but a lot of men feel her presence and they've... Wait, and where is she specifically at? Um, Civil War Wing. Okay. Which is this, I think, the East Wing? East Wing, Yeah. yeah. So, and obviously we know the Civil War soldiers, they just tend to walk around here and there. Yeah. Be around through. Then we also have, um, I have James. Um, poor, poor guy. Poor guy. What happened to uh, James? What's the deal James. with James? He was a simple man. He was just a simple heart. He just lived his life in the asylum. I mean, they really didn't say what was, you know, his issues because, again, probably poor documentation. But they have his death on record. Uh, he had a heart attack in the bathtub. Oh, my gosh. He's known to... To be walking around there, walking around the grounds and just hanging out. Does does like he know he's dead or I does think he, he think they I believe people have tried to help him, you know, let him know that he's dead, but he just hangs out in the upper I believe it's they said the upper bathrooms of probably the second floor, second or third floor. So he just likes to hang out over there. Okay. So next we have the back room. I'm pretty sure everybody should probably know this story. Poor story about Dean. Oh uh, yeah. Well, Dean, I know this one Dean, very Big well. Jim and David Mason. Big Jim and David Mason, they were just known, known hateful people in there. They just, they would harass people throughout the, the building. Yeah. They really just didn't have a, a care in the world. Well, poor Dean one day in the wing one, one of the last rooms, um, he was just doing his thing. Um, Big Jim and David came in there. They tried to hang him. Uh, they just continuously, they tried over the door frame. I believe that's. Yeah, they had uh, windows through them, so they just tried to hang him with his bed sheet, and he didn't. He didn't die, so they were like, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna do it. So they stuck him under the bed, put his head under the bed, and they just jumped on the bed until they touched the ground. Yeah, he was mute too, from what I read. Like, so he didn't really talk or like couldn't help scream for help. Yeah. And I think they had like um, 
strung him up and like he'd lost consciousness and they weren't sure if he was dead and they just wanted to make sure by jumping on the bed till uh until like they hit the ground but i heard that room that uh, i've seen a lot of stuff that says in that room that you can have toys back there and help play with them or you'll hear the bed jumping like the squeaking of the bed on the ground you can also hear softly crying yeah you know just just soft crying now it's not known if it's him per se but they are associating that with it being in that wing that that is him what can you tell us about the children's spirits uh there's, there's said to be several spirits of children there um, just due to them being born and raised, actually, in the asylum themselves. It would, if a woman was pregnant, um, they would oftentimes give birth in the asylum. And then due to the operation that the that Trans-Allegheny had, they would allow them to raise this child in the facility. So, like, they would get a room with this child and remind you, they would probably be sharing this room with four other people. So they would have five people in a room. So it's just the way that things were done were just not well. I'm glad that there's rules and standards in place at this point. It just, there's just a lot of stuff that happened. But the most famous one that they have right now, her name is Lily. She is um, a spirit of a child, they say. All she likes to do is just laugh and play. If, if you bring in toys or balls or, you know, baby dolls, she just wants to play with them. And now it's not known if if it's an actual child. I mean, they've they can you can connect it to other things, but I like to believe that children unfortunately probably did pass in there due to either just maybe poor neglect, uh, malnutrition, like we've yeah. discussed. I mean. The standards were not great. Standards were not well there. So it just depends on everything. But she is known to just be around, just hang around the hospital itself. Like, there's really no pinpoint place for her. Probably in one of the, I believe it's wing, I believe it's one, I believe. So she's around there a lot. So I just think it's just a whole mess of just neglect. And just people are just so full of hatred and rage that they just cannot leave it you know it's just there's just so much that went on there the spirits are just attached well and it being made of stone of limestone in particular i believe that that has something to do with what harnesses the energy and keeps it there it being on a ley line uh is but the the whole the hand cut limestone buildings like just like Mansfield Reformatory, is a their batteries for paranormal energy. You were just saying what the asylum inspired, which I find to be really cool. So yeah, um, I mean, there's plenty of asylums that were an inspiration for it, but I, it is believed that this is one of the main inspirations for it. It was actually inspired for American Horror Story Asylum. Um, I mean, they did touch on the abuse, the neglect that people probably went through. They touched on a lot of the overcrowding. So one of the very, spoiler, sorry, one of the very last, you know, scenes that you see in the phylum is the overcrowding and the just the poor, the poor state that, that the asylum had itself. So, I mean, it was, a, it was a big inspiration for that. And I'm pretty sure it's, there was an inspiration for a lot of other, uh, one who flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. That was an inspiration there too. Have you seen any, like, have you seen any videos on the Trans-Allegheny Ludus Asylum other than the research uh. you did? 
I mean, have you seen like the Ghost Adventures episode there? Yeah, I have. Have you seen uh, what was Jack Osborne's show called? Where, where they, they went there? Yeah, I, I saw clips of it. I never. I don't think I've ever so watched that one before they entirely. Made contact with Lily, and they believe that to actually be a demon. And that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier. I didn't think we would touch base on demon stuff, but I believe personally. Whatever's for going myself, on there, we can talk about there. Yeah, that's personally it. for myself, like I don't trust any child spirit. I just think that's a darker that's a darker entity of any sort because children like they I feel like demons and darker spirits they can just see that kind of stuff and they they're like oh we can probably sweet talk with with these adults or you know we can kind of get in their mind that we are hanging out with a child and we can you know potentially possess I I just I don't trust any child spirit no matter what you know it's just there's just too much possibility for me so do you think that there are more than one maybe demonic spirit there? Or do you think that it's a lot of just sorrow and torment from humans that are kind of like left behind, like repeating itself? I feel like there it's, I feel like the mixture of both. There's really no pinpoint. It's just, uh, to me, you know, based on what I've researched and what I know, I feel like darker spirits and demons are born of just, hatred and you know just downright like sorrow yeah. like i think that's what it festers and like they just can't move on which creates those darker spirits you know that's just what i believe and what how i've researched things so i feel like a lot of it's born from from yeah it's uh this place is definitely on my list to go check out just because it it has so much activity that it could be demonic it could be it could be ghost related it could be you know there's just so much that it could be, and I think that every time somebody goes there, that there's less questions answered and more questions become, uh, yeah, more questions are asked. So, uh, I just feel like you know there should be more recognition for the mentally ill. You know, I'm glad that we have overcome. You know, just creating some sort of what I want, what well, a prison, just essentially a prison in a sense, because. You know, the the way that everything was laid out, thought process, great. And then <laughs> the actual process of doing it, the go live of it, horrible. Actually horrible. There's... It's like the real life legit version of uh, Arkham Asylum. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it's just... Batman is going to be showing up there, ghost busting motherfuckers. Oh God, Jugger just be hanging out. <laughs> I just feel like there just should be just more recognition into mental health yeah and i feel like it's one that people like when you say it like they think you're like trans allegheny lunatic asylum and it's like they're thinking it's somewhere far off in europe and it's like dude it's in west virginia it's in it's the right in our backyard man yeah, yeah it's like right here so so what do you think legit is a oh, legit legit haunting for sure i'm gonna side with you on the legitness of it i mean there's a few places i could feel of maybe no but this one for sure for me I would probably be shaking on my boots if I was there. It's for sure for me, too. So, All right. Well, that covers it for this episode of Here With Us. As always, I'm Cliff Shanholter, and thank you for joining us. And thank you, Aaron, for being a guest today. As always, if you're not already, please like and subscribe and turn on notifications. Or follow us on your favorite podcasting platforms. Until next time, thank you for being here with us.